0: Gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Well, folks, you're listening to the Monday Night Rewind on Super Extra Tweet Extra, the show where we review every single episode of Ron Nitro from the Monday Night War. My name is Nathan Fisher, and as always, joining me in this epic journey it's a true cult of personality who does not call people in the crowd a homo and say they have a vagina. <laughs> it's my cohort and comrade, Chris Murray. Chris, how's it going?
1: Oh, I'm so happy you made that reference. <laughs> I feel That's like so that was CM Punk's lowest point. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, It was pretty bad, wasn't it? Like in that footage yeah, did not disappear at all. Like. So random as well, yeah. yeah. They Be- had a the moustache at the time
0: as well, yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's gone to someone else a homo. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please be kind to <laughs> others, that is the main thing that we are saying But yeah, how are you? Are you am good? good, good yeah I um, had a very exciting week this week Nathan oh, yes. I hosted the big show, not yes, for dinner of course uh, I hosted the main suplex retweet show, it was very yes. exciting Have
0: you listened? Don't worry if I you have I have yes, you. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> very was good it, show yeah Was it any good? It was yes, all about character revitalizations. Lot of good points made by all. We basically covered everybody. Everyone, yeah. yeah. So,
1: and uh, we also ran out of time, despite <laughs> the fact the show was an <laughs> yeah. hour and a half. And I thought I would ask you on the spot mm-hmm. on the if spot. there was any particular character revitalizations that we've came across in the current TV that we watched, Nitro and Raw, that you particularly like.
0: I don't know. I don't particularly like this one, but I suppose it's a revitalization of Mr. Wonderful, Paul off, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. We covered. King of the Bee Shows yes. right now, let me tell you. Like, Pepe, of course. He's revitalised yeah, all the time. Every yeah, every single heck forget week. about yeah. Pepe.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so it was a really fun show. Check it out, suplex, retweet on all the normal places. Did you ever think that when we started this podcast, all those many moons ago, that we would get to seven episodes? Seven episodes. I'm very yeah. impressed. I'm Magic. impressed
0: with both of us. Lucky number seven. And of course, this week, it's Raw Nitro from the 9th of October, 1995. And then the week that saw Apollo 13 becoming the number one film in the UK box office, which show will be able to break away from last week's dead heat in the ratings war. But first of all, Chris, we have some housekeeping to do first. Of course, if you're listening just now, basically, it's coming up to WrestleMania season.
1: Yes, how could I forget about this? This is genuinely, this came to me on a train mm-hmm. where I do some of my best thinking. And uh, I was like, well, there's two different retro shows just yes. now. You have the best one. You have the Monday Night mm-hmm. Rewind. Then you Absolutely. also have the guys that do the Retro Review. And I was like, hang on, we should merge. We should have our very own invasion angle.
0: <laughs> a, very, a very own time warner, <laughs> <turner> <laughs> merge. Uh, so yeah, the Retro Rewind me a special. Uh, it's ourselves, obviously, Ross and Jack from the Retro Review covering a mania each, is that correct? Yeah, My yeah. favourite one. And we've also
1: all agreed not to pick 2000 or 2001. Yes. Because, of course, 2001 is so good mm-hmm. and 2000 is so bad. So <laughs> we're going to, you know, you know how when you do an average of something, you take out the extremes, we're yeah. going <laughs> to take out the best and worst. And uh, me and you, Nathan, we're mm. going to pick a mania from the 90s. Yes. Now, have you got any ideas at the moment, any you're thinking about?
0: I was thinking WrestleMania 14. Ah, okay. Which one's that? What's the match? 98. Austin Michaels. Oh, okay. Probably.
1: I don't think I've ever seen it.
0: Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's
1: good, yeah. I was thinking the mania, The what's the mania that opens with Owen and Brett? 94. Right, I've never seen that, plus it's also in the past of our retro yeah. shows, mm-hmm. so I thought that'd be a good one maybe yeah. to throw on. Yeah. But you know, there's still time, stay tuned to the socials while we figure out which ones we're <laughs> going to do. So, And those guys are going to be picking from 2002 to, to 2009. 2009, yes. Yeah, so yeah. they've got some pretty good, oh, ruth, yeah, got, ruthless aggression yeah. ones. I'll be able to see my hero John Cena wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> probably in the main event, I think he was in about 10 of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, big match John at this time, obviously. So yeah, begin with Nitro this week, Chris, but... As always, you have the results of the B-shows Yes, at WCW.
1: Yes, I do. And I literally finished these moments before we went on air. But as always, there's four B-shows. So I'll sort of take you through all the stuff that happened. The B-show before Raw was kind of mince. So we shall get to that once we get to the second half of the podcast. But yes, Monday Nitro, just before we get into that, let's go back to WCW Pro on October the 7th. You had Chris Cruz, Larry Zabisco, and Dusty Rhodes on commentary. And it's more the angles than the matches. The matches are awful across <laughs> all of the B-shows, but it's the angles that are like. Colonel Parker comes out to give Sister Sherry some flowers cool. during a match between Harlem Heat and the Barrio Brothers. You know, the less said about the Barrio Brothers, the better. Now, bizarrely, Sister Sherry takes the flowers and hits them with them. Right. And it's not really explained because they've not broken up at all. They're still infatuated with each other. So I'm keeping my eye on that one. Gene Oakland announces some matches for Halloween Havoc, which is exciting because these matches were not referenced this week on Nitro. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, after those wild events of last Saturday night, he's going to defend the television title against Johnny B. Bad. Finally. Finally, finally, finally. And of course, Road Warrior Hawk is also going to be taking on Kurosawa. No surprises there, of course, because Kurosawa is the man that broke Road Warrior Hawk's arm mm-hmm. in a match at Clash of the Champions. And Oakland also announces that the Master will be here to consult with Kevin Sullivan. Have you came across the Master yet? Yes. He's that weird old yeah, dude that just, talks to... Yeah. yeah. and <laughs> uh, So he's going to be there to sort of have a conversation with Kevin Sullivan. I don't, I don't know if he's thinking that the Dungeon of Doom are not heading in the right direction. Yes. the way, Slacking. he will be at Halloween Havoc, which I'm quite excited about. He then adds, call the WCW hotline to hear what two new stars are headed to WCW. They will be wrestling in the tag team division and are universally known. Ooh. Now I was like, "Who is that?" And then I, I, the only person I came up with was that was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't say they were properly in the tag yeah. division. So uh, yeah, just sort Some of was like, yeah. no idea. Could be anyone. Um, the Giant cut a promo saying it's time for him to avenge the events of the Pontiac Silver Dome, which is WrestleMania three, <laughs> of course. Nothing like using another company's storylines <laughs> to boost your own. Uh, DDP defended the US title successfully. It was the first time he defended it since he won it. He defended it against Joey Maggs. <laughs> That is a B-plus matchup, ever I've ever seen. And then the huge main event, Ric Flair beat Sergeant Craig Pittman. Wow. So that, That's where he gets at beating Cobra all these times. Exactly, match exactly. Match nature boy. You would think that after that huge, huge <laughs> feud they had over about 15 shows that something would come of it. But no, he's jobbed out to Flair. And after the match, Chris Cruz interviews Arne Anderson, who says this Monday night's cage match will end the Flair and Anderson feud. Something tells me mm, it won't. Nah. <laughs> We roll on to WCW Worldwide. It's good because these shows like sort of get better. Mm. Like, pros, crap. And then Worldwide's a bit better. And then Saturday Night's even better. But we're on to Worldwide. We've got Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan on commentary. It's coming from Orlando, Florida. I'm not going to try and keep track of the venues because half the time these shows, yeah. like some of the matches are from one venue and some are so from well, another. Yeah. So uh, it opens with Ric Flair defeating Bunkhouse Buck, which Heenan wrongly claims is a main event anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. Uh, Gene O'Gilland interviews Johnny B. Bad. Bad says that Diamond Dallas Page cost him a shot at the U- United States title, so he's coming after his title instead. I was like, right. yeah, okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart cut a promo against the Giant. He says his monster truck has been built by the same people that built the Giant's monster truck, and it's going to make the Giant's monster truck look like a micro machine. Which but, do you think that was an excellent reference to the PS2 game yes. or PS1 even?
0: What a game that was? It was absolutely. Like yeah,
1: brilliant. <laughs> Hogan promises. This is where it gets a bit dark. He promises to beat the giant and then bury him next to his father. <sighs> Which he said that on Nitro as well. He did, I'm, yes. like, I'm a bit yes. weird about this. This just
0: it doesn't. It was it wearing all black as well? Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, it just it,
1: cool. it just all feels a bit strange, basically. But yes, Randy Savage defeated Dirty Dick Slater in the main event. And then Oakland grabbed Randy Savage for a quick chat after the match. Now, straight away, Ric Flair comes out. And straight away, Savage tries to go for him because they have a long-standing yeah, yeah. feud. WCW security hold back Savage. Flair apologizes to him for messing with his family earlier in the year. Of course, him and Arn attacked Savage's dad Mm -hmm. at Slamboree 1994, I think it was, after a match. He tries to recruit Savage as a partner for going against Arn Anderson and Pillman, Mm -hmm. which I liked because it shows that, you know, Sting has rejected him quite a lot of times at this point, so it's good that he's actually going for someone else. Savage responds by telling him that after what he did to his dad, he can go to hell, and he's never gonna tag with him. So yeah, I thought that was a really good segment. And they announced that next week we're getting Dave Sullivan against Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, and we'll also have Kurosawa, Arne Anderson, and Brian Pillman all in action. We roll on now to Saturday night, October 7th. Tony Schiavone and Dusty Rhodes, this time on commentary from Atlanta GA. This is, I did this in, this is a meaningless piece of information, but it's a piece of information that I thought you'd enjoy. Go for it. Alex Wright beats a oh, jobber hey. called Ray Hudson <laughs> for his 50th win on TV this year. 50th What a guy
0: Just give him a world title shot already Exactly What a record
1: Absolutely huge record And this was also the first time he won by submission He won the match with a lion tamer Oh so a decent B show push he's got going on Yeah Yeah. Arn and Brian Pillman Beat the stud stable They shook hands before the match Because it was heel versus heel Ah I like it Quite liked it Mm -hmm. Uh, Sister Sherry gets involved immediately (laughs) To the point where Bunkhouse Buck Gets annoyed And walks out on his partner Allowing Arn to hit a knee to the back and roll up dirty decks later for the victory. So a bit of uh, you know possible unrest mm-hmm. in Colonel Parker's stable. Uh, the Renegade is back. He oh, pins no. George South after the splash in 30 seconds. It's his first match since we saw him lose yes. the TV title mm-hmm. at uh, Fall Brawl, of course. Shivani straight away starts putting him over. He starts saying that he could be a possible challenger for DDP and Johnny B Bad whenever the winner comes out of Halloween Havoc. That's not going to happen. We get an absolutely fantastic rematch. Best B-show match and possibly even best wrestling match of the week. Best match between Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. A rematch of last week's Nitro. It's absolutely excellent. Alex Wright appears by the aisle because... He's amazing. And there's a bit of speculation from Dusty Rhodes that the three might have a sort of round-robin tournament on oh, Saturday night in the future, which I thought was cool. Dean Malenko kicks out the frog splash from Eddie, which was huge. Eddie injures his knee, doing a planchet over the top rope. It leads to Malenko hitting a tiger bomb for the win in a 14-minute match. On Absolutely Sat- excellent. On
0: Saturday night, that's... It's quite huge. lengthy for a show. show. Yeah, exactly, match, exactly. You know?
1: The whole match is on YouTube. I will tell oh, everyone that's listening, please definitely go check away it, and yeah. watch it. People were saying on the internet that this wasn't just like match in the night, that this was potentially WCW's match of the year up wow. to this point, which is huge praise indeed. Oakland interviewed Johnny B. Bad again. He says he's training hard for Halloween Havoc. He's got a bad mood waiting for DDP, which is one of his many moves that has bad in the title. He hopes that he can get a date with the Diamond Doll because... If she's willing to go out with Paige, she'd be willing to go out with him. It's a really interesting logic. And uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan beat Big Bubba Rogers after hitting him with a taped fist in 8 minutes 40. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so after the match, Big Bubba Rogers and VK Wall Street put a beatdown on Hacksaw. And in a really bizarre turn of events, Wall Street ripped off his own trousers. <laughs> to get more leverage in kicking and dugging, and Dusty Rose codes a bit nuts on commentary and screams, there's a naked man stomping. (laughs) Which I just (laughs) absolutely loved. Uh, And we wrap things up with WCW main event from October the 8th. Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan on commentary this time. Kurosawa and Colonel Parker cut a promo on Road Warrior Hawk. And Hawk retorts saying that he's going to do some intensive surgery to Kurosawa in detroit mm. which is that's intense after a promo package for halloween havoc wobby heenan says we need a new hulk hogan toy <laughs> to reflect his current injury absolutely <laughs> love loved that it. absolutely loved it and in the main event we get a completely unexpected wcw tag team title match it was a bit disappointing because the american males retained against the studs table who are on all of these shows oh, for oh, some yeah. strange reason And uh, yeah, we got a retention from them. The American meals are massively underused. So it was cool to see them get a match. And just before we hit Nitro, would you like some backstage goss? Yes, go for it. So we read in the Wrestling Observer this week that Vader needs shoulder surgery after suffering a separated clavicle, torn rotator cuff, and an AC joint injury during his match with Hogan at Bash at the Beach. WCW still hasn't actually released him mm-hmm. and they're still deciding whether to keep him or not. He's actually just suspended without pay right now.
0: Something tells me in true Bischoff style he's going to send a FedEx to be their house <laughs> and it's going to be a firing. And it's going to be all over from there. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so he's been suspended without pay until further notice so there <clears> is still hope that he could make it back to those WCW Nitro up. credits.
0: Yeah, that exactly two words right at my <laughs>
1: And uh, currently while he's on the shelf technically He's working as a motivational coach for the Colorado football team, which I thought was so, so, so interesting. And the last bit of news from the Wrestling Observer this week, which I thought you'd appreciate, it was announced that WCW does not plan to have Ric Flair turn on Sting at Halloween Havoc. Mm. Or do they? (laughs) Stay tuned to find out.
0: So, yeah, thanks for that, Chris. We go to Nitro, of course, on the 9th of October, 95, live from Chicago, Illinois. The famous Rosemont Horizon and Chris, the first thing I noticed on the show, this arena is huge.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely massive. I looked up the Rosemont Horizon just to get a bit of goss on like the history of it. It has hosted many a wrestling event in the past. Mm-hmm. It's hosted the Wrestling Classic in 1985, Survivor Series 1989, Survivor Series 2019. It's had two judgment days, two backlashes, two money in the banks, and all three editions of NXT TakeOver Chicago. On our side of the fence at the moment, they hosted Spring Stampede in 1994. And just off the top of my head, actually, mm-hmm. I remember that a bunch of wrestlers on, I think I said this last week, but a bunch of wrestlers on various wrestling podcasts have said that this is oh, their yeah, favorite it's, it's venue. The best, yeah. I, yeah. I know that Christian has said it's his favorite one. Mm-hmm. I know that Stone Cold says yeah. it's his favorite one and so does CM Punk. Do you want to know my only issue with this particular Nitro and this particular venue? Mm-hmm. So, Bischoff says, we're live from Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Now, we're not. We're in Rosemont, Rosemont, Illinois, Illinois, right? So, do you happen to know what the cloud gate is in Chicago? It's that big sort of silver sphere thing that's in the middle of the city. It's quite reflective. It looks a bit like a, I don't know, it looks like a giant mirrored bean almost. I'll show you a picture of it, but basically, I was trying to figure out what was in the center of Chicago to sort of judge distance. And so I measured driving directions from the cloud gate to the arena. And it's a half hour drive. Jeez. So that's not no, Chicago. That's like us saying, Preswick airports in Glasgow. Of Glasgow, yeah. So it just, yeah, it made me really mad. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was interesting nonetheless.
0: Eric Bischoff, like you mentioned, on contrary, once again, with Bobby the Breen Heenan and Steve Mongo McMichael all wearing Chicago Bear shirts. It's the 10th anniversary of their Super Bowl win, as Heenan reveals that Hulk Hogan is in the building and that there's a restraining order in place against the Giant and the Taskmaster. To be fair, he's tried to kill him twice, Mm -hmm. so I'd probably get a restraining order and all. Very, very understandable. We then see US champion Sting emerging from the back. He grabs a mic. He says there's a remedy for the problems between Randy Savage and Lex Luger. And later on tonight, he is going to solve those problems.
1: Yeah, I like this. I like this. Because Sting hasn't featured loads on Nitro. Like he was on the first one. He was on Fall Brawl. And has Mm. he been on Nitro since?
0: He was on the second one defeating VK Wall Street. Oh yeah, I forgot about Um, that one.
1: Yeah, but Sting, much like Hogan, is underused on Nitro. I like that he like, put over this show, he just screams mm. yeah. at, <laughs> he screams that this Nitro thing is unbelievable. He's got such an intensity in his yeah. promos,
0: I absolutely loved it. I like this format that they have of just random people emerging and just screaming at the mic. Yeah,
1: yeah. and it's happened loads in the last two weeks and it's going to continue. What was the only sad thing about this intro, Nathan? You know what it is.
0: There nope. was someone missing. Yeah, there was, yes. Pepe, or the wild thing, I guess <laughs> he's called now. Missing in action.
1: Yeah, but it'll be okay because yes, he'll be a long way back.
0: <laughs> Stein is immediately in action in this episode, Chris, as the shark makes his entrance to face Stein for the United States Championship. As the announced team discussed what Stein meant by solving the problems between Savage and Luger. Mungo wonders if this means he'll interfere in a match. Keenan thinks the best thing to do would be for Stein to mind his own business as allegedly Marco Stein theme brings Stein out to the ring.
1: I actually quite liked what Bobby Heenan said because he was like, you're about to face the shark. Mm -hmm. Why don't you worry about the shark instead of dealing with Mm -hmm. other people's personal problems? And I I wrote that down. I was like, yeah, Bobby, you absolutely nailed that. (laughs) I hate it when you're right. And uh, could you make out shark's entrance music? Was it not just
0: a Jaws rip off that's what I thought I literally
1: wrote that down I was like it sounds a bit like Jaws but I can't quite tell what's going on I'm very curious to sort of like see if it's on YouTube and see what actually it is but it was
0: it was very very strange Shark gets a jump on Sting as it enters the ring to get things underway it's a power slam a big elbow and a big leg drop for a two count Sting evades a splash from the Shark in the corner and yeah basically dominates the rest of the match a couple of Stinger splashes to the back followed by a flying crossbody for the three count we have a Stinger squash Winner and still the US champion, it's the man called Sting.
1: I yeah. noted that Mongo was absolutely not bothered. He yeah. literally ended the match and just went, imagine that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What's, what, Sting winning that game is came as a huge surprise to me. I was slightly annoyed by the finish because Sting has his hand under Shark's left shoulder. Oh, I didn't notice that. So his shoulder is actually not down on the, for the three count. So I demand a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make this happen, WCW. You have screwed up.
0: We then see a recap of Hulk Hogan being attacked by a woman <laughs> with a cane last week. Of course, it was Kevin Sullivan. This was actually on the start of Nitro as well, when the first used to be a Nitro pre-show package. Yes, I noticed Patriots. that as well. Yes. That was nuts, wasn't it? What I loved about this was Heenan saying they're taking him apart piece by piece, piece by piece. As a shot faded to black, just a wee wee nuance. I loved there.
1: I noticed, like, <clears throat> see when you watch these clips the second time, also or the third time, because we got these clips yeah, yeah. twice in eight minutes, watch. which really bugged me. Yeah. Um, Hogan wasn't really high-fiving the fans as he was walking around. I think he was just too busy thinking about his spot. So he's just, like, not really bothered. <laughs> so here's a point, right? See watching what they had, the Giant, a brand-new wrestler, dude, yeah. Hulk Hogan, the biggest wrestler of the last 20 years mm-hmm. and ever. Like, people must have been going nuts for this. Oh, yeah. Like, Hogan yeah. comes in the ring and every time you think that your hero is going to overcome this big baddie it gets absolutely done in it's absolutely wild so yeah the only issue I did have is as I said we see the Hogan shave twice in 8 minutes yeah Yeah, it's it's a bit overkill yeah it's not interesting so Mm. but yeah the Giant is so freaking over it's so much fun to watch
0: our next match is Sabu versus Mr. JL Sabu making us return to the podcast yay (laughs) Mr. JL is of course Jerry Lynn one of my favourites actually so underrated um, it's Jerry Lynn that, that we see as much as RVD and ECW or even TNA oh I don't think so ones, yeah. I've it's seen really a bunch really of
1: uh, Jerry Lynn stuff my main Jerry Lynn ex- exposure was when he was light heavyweight yes. champion mm-hmm. in like 2000 2001 2001 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. then I just remember always playing as him the, in the games oh yeah yeah Smackdown just bring it exactly yeah
0: Sabu so makes his entrance as Bishop further plugs the sumo monster truck match that take place top of Cobo Hall Yes. you're Halloween Havoc.
1: It is going <laughs> to <ridiculous>. be interesting.
0: <laughs> Bishop State Sabu knows Detroit very, very well, of course, which is where the Cobo is. Don't notice that Bishop, I swear that he said he knows the joint very, very well. <gasps> and I was like, ah, oh, nice. I like did not
1: it. notice that. That's so true. Yeah. Sabu gets, well, of course, that's a bit of foreshadowing. You know the story about Sabu and yes, RVD? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is one of the most annoying things that's ever happened in wrestling. RVD... Why did you ruin your career? We don't need to talk about that now.
0: You said in a recent interview that he said to Vince, don't make me a champion. Like, don't, because <laughs> it just won't end well. I will not be able to control yeah. myself. And then, obviously, he got suspended because of that incident with Sabu. And then he suspended for 30 days. Or I think it was 60, actually. Then he said to Paul Heyman, can you ask Vince for me if I can actually stay off for a bit longer because I'm quite enjoying just... Like, oh, my God. and stuff. And Heyman didn't bother asking him. So he's back after, like, 60 days... No time off. That's excellent. He wasn't getting paid for those sixty days, right? I think he was. Oh well hell yeah. So, yeah, I what time off paid. Takes take six yeah. months. <laughs> excellent. This is of course the Rosemont Horizon, so we have a big Sabu chant from the crowd, but different compared to the last time he's been on the show. Mr. JL makes his entrance as the camera cuts to young Justin Roberts in the crowd. Do you notice that? No, it Was actually Yes Justin Roberts, of course, AEW announcer, very young must be about. 14, 15 here.
1: That's amazing. Do you know that he was on Jerry Springer? No. I've uh, watched that clip. I can't remember why, but he's on Jerry Springer when he's quite young as well. And he admits that Jerry Springer like pay actors to come on the show, <laughs> which I thought was in. I really liked Mr. JL's and I've written it down as excellent Jigga Jigga guitar music. Yes. I, mm. I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, did you know as Bischoff said this man is very mysterious and he kept saying mysterious and I was like, are you trying to Make us think that this is Raven yeah. Stereo. <laughs> and, uh, Anyone but Jerry <laughs> I was like, you know that that is wildly different from the man that you think it is. So yeah, I was a bit, I was just like, yeah, whatever. But I was like, are you trying to make us think it's Raven Stereo? But
0: yeah. There was a Sabu rules ECW sign in the crowd facing the hard camera. Obviously managed to sneak that past security. But later on, two members of the security team are seen telling that a fan <laughs> to take the sign away. Oh, really? And they actually see this the fan handing it over. It's like,
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> yeah. I read in the dark sheets for this week as well that fans were absolutely raging for the recent, uh, I think it was Denver last week or maybe two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, fans yeah. were raging because they turned up, they got all their signs taken off them. There was a bunch of fans that had brought pens and were like, right, we'll just write our signs mm. in there. And then they got those taken off them wow. as well. But WCW are trying to make up for it for the fact that they're letting fans pick Signs that are already available. Like, oh, so yeah, of course. Sort of planted signs. Did you also notice that in the crowd there was a huge Hogan sucks chant? Yes, yep. Absolutely loved it. I was like, yep. oh, of course, we're in Chicago. Aye, They're yeah. marks, mm-hmm. They're, they <laughs> are marks. even. They
0: absolutely hate guys like Hogan, which um, we'll talk more about that once Hogan makes his entrance later. The match begins with Sabu attacking Mr. GL. We see a couple of Sabu tropes right away the somersault leg drop, and a springboard heel kick for two count, all messy as always. <laughs> Crowd chance for Sabu, of course, like we say, we're in Chicago and JL with some nice offence of his own, a spinning back elbow followed by an enziguri to the back of Sabu, sending him to the outside. JL follows us up with a topee through the ropes, but we go back into the line. Sabu has a spinning wheel kick, which barely connects, sending JL back to the outside, followed by flying over the top rope himself with a somersault plancher, which sends JL to the guardrail. Much like Sabu's match with Axe Wright a few weeks ago, how are these guys not coming out? Because they're outside for a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. It's mental listening to you and looking at my own notes because I have the exact opposite. I was like, doesn't botch the triple jump heel kick? Absolutely impressed with Sabu. Doesn't mess up his springboard leg
0: drop? Wow, Sabu, what is happening? I think I'm just programmed to think. There's a couple of guys who I think look uncomfortable whatever they do. One's Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. Another is Sabu. Not designed not, to be wrestling. Not very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. I probably had very selective vision <laughs> as well, and just decided to point out the stuff that was good because Sabu has been really, really bad yeah. on this podcast no, so far, terrible. and will have a bad future in this company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a running dropkick into the corner from GL gets a big pop from announced team. Sabu hits a clothesline in return for by the always clumsy looking moonsault off the ropes then locks in the camel clutch, which Mongo correctly identifies as a submission hold. Well done, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Do you think that that was a reference to his uncle, the yes. Sheik? Yeah, definitely,
1: yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. And I know that at Halloween Havoc, minor spoilers, that the Sheik will come out with Sabu. Oh. Yeah, but more on that later. I'm looking forward to that. So I don't yeah. think I've actually seen the Sheik in any sort of match ever. Yeah, I mean, he's really crap and yeah. also... I I can't talk about it. There's something that happens at that event with the Sheik that you're just like, what the
0: hell? (laughs) But yeah. Sabu attempts a top rope Frankensteiner. It doesn't work. Was it a botch? Or was that from JL? Who knows when it's Sabu? I put in
1: brackets, wasn't a botch deliberate that Mr. JL held onto the top rope so Sabu fell on his head. It was a sensible move by Mr. <laughs> JL and it wasn't a Sabu botch. But what I didn't enjoy was after he fell off the top rope and landed on his head, he stood up and did it on. Yeah. It's as if he was playing, you know, Raw 2K, whatever and instead of going to press the punch button, you accidentally press the taunt, taunt button, button yeah. and it was just very, very... Sh- and it sort of foreshadowed the fact that he was going to reverse the move yes. for the
0: finish. Yeah, straight away, came was a flying GL into a power bomb, and locks on another camel clutch for submission and the victory. Sabu then hits a horrible-looking sunset flip to the outside, I thought. just nah. Nevertheless, I thought it was a decent match. I it think it was early. two
1: very good styles. Like I don't think Alex Wright... Who he, Sabu faced last time was the perfect, yeah. you know, person to pair Sabu with, and I actually really liked this match. I thought Sabu massively improved mm-hmm. from the last Nitro match as well as the one that I think was on WCW Pro or Prime or one of them that was mince, yeah. and I just hated it. Bobby added as well that this man is banned in seventeen yes. countries. Now, is that more or less than episode two the last <laughs> time he was banned? I think it was fifteen last 15, time. Fifteen, yeah, so right, yeah. I wonder where Sabu's been since you know (laughs) september where he's managed to get himself banned in another two countries
0: bishop states that the giant and the taskmaster are both here despite the Australian order being in place he then says he understands that stein and lex luger are with gene oakland in the ring and basically all you have to do is turn around because you can see them in the ring in the back yeah
1: it really bugged me because i was like bishop they're (laughs) there they're behind you we can see them don't tell us that they may or
0: may not be in the ring Sting and Lex Luger in the ring with me and Gene Okerlund. Sting, once again, seen as a solution to the problem, but he needs the macho man Randy Savage to come down to the ring as well. The macho man comes down with a fantastic Tiger Print get up. Love that. As ever, he immediately tries to get in Luger's face, but it's kept away by Sting, who also points out that the Giant has chokeslammed both Luger and Savage as well as Hogan, to which Savage immediately retorts. But a pretty sensible question, I thought. How come the Giant hasn't put his hands on you, Stinger?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, although I thought that Sting's retort was even better. He was yes. like, you're very paranoid yep. about everyone. First, you you're as soon as Lex turns up, you're accusing him. Mm-hmm. Now you're accusing me. See, just as a random little aside, did you notice the way that Gene Oakland pronounces savage? No. He says Sav-eej. savage. Savage. <laughs> and once he did it once, I couldn't stop <laughs> hearing it. This whole promo, go back and watch it. He just keeps saying savage. And it's so strange. <laughs>
0: Stein proposes that if Savage beats Kamala, and if Lex Luger beats Meng at Halloween Havoc, then they should face each other. Luger, however, claims this is not what he agreed with Stein earlier when he said he wanted a rematch. He cites he already has a big match with Meng at the pay-per-view. He just Sting, of have put no words in his mouth, and Sting is apoplectic at this. He <laughs> calls Luger disgusting, like he doesn't like the whole package, but he says he's sick and tired of being a babysitter to Luger then Luger agrees to Stein's proposal. But one thing I, I took from this, why can't he just have the big rematch Halloween Havoc?
1: So yeah.
0: Savage, I thought it would have made so much more sense. Yeah. Sting was very smart because, like, right, how do you push Lex Luger's
1: buttons? Oh, you challenge him on the fact that he believes he's yeah. beautiful. He's just spent the last two years in the WWF having a gimmick that's just all about how great looking he mm-hmm. is. He's called the total package. If you insult his total package-ness, he will be like, yeah, do yeah. you know what? I'll fight whoever you want. And I like the way that
0: Savage ended it. We've got a date, so don't be late. Yes, always good from the natural man. Come back from commercial to see one of your favourite aspects of the show, Chris. Chris Benoit making his first appearance in the podcast. He exits a level sporting a suit and some luscious locks. And then his usual charisma filled voice spouts, WCW, where the big boys play.
1: I thought that was quite interesting from one of the most notoriously short wrestlers. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that he's coming
1: to WCW where the big boys play. Right, let's get this out in the open, yep. right? How do you wish to cover Chris Benoit on this podcast? I feel that we have to just separate the incident. Oh yeah, you can't ignore him. From what's happened. Yeah. And just, you know, cover his wrestling career mm-hmm. as it is. Obviously, everything that went down at the end of his career is so, so terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. But we're going to try and continue to review him as a wrestler mm-hmm. different to what he did as a terrible human being. Does yes. that make sense? Yes, absolutely,
0: yeah. right. Excellent, we're on the same page. We've got a while because <laughs> he's, he's not going to turn up for ages anyway. Let's go to Big Bubba versus Road Warrior Hawk. But first, Chris, Disco Inferno makes another appearance. His music hits he appears the entranceway. Some fantastic dancing as pair. But Big Bubba's music eventually cuts him off. But Disco <laughs> Inferno has a boombox handy. I Love that. So you can tell you big on down genius. This is Bob's first appearance in the pod since our debut episode. Yeah, His first yeah. appearance on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I loved the Disco Inferno yeah, bit. Probably. I hated him like two weeks ago and straight away when his music hit, I was like, yes, Disco's back. I think his music is amazing. <laughs> yes. It's, it's into now top five in WCW because mm-hmm. we've got like Sting, Flair, Arn, Arn yeah. Hogan. Yeah. And I think him. Uh, I loved it. I love the boombox. I love the idea that wrestlers' entrance musics are their favourite song. Yeah. Like, because yeah. Disco proper dances to this song. He really, really enjoys it. And I thought, has Disco actually wrestled yet? Or has he just
0: did these little segments? Apart from that match, we're right. No. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah,
1: Absolutely excellent. Love it.
0: <laughs> Hawk makes his way down to the ring. A decent pop, as we are, of course, in Road Warrior Country. He isn't best pleased with Disco, who steals a kid's Douse W cap <laughs> and puts it on a Hawk's shoulder spikes. What is with these kleptomaniac heels? We had Jumpy Eller Feet on Raw, and now Disco Inferno stealing stuff from the crowd. <laughs>
1: I absolutely loved this. I thought the hat, because the hat thing was real. Hawk genuinely didn't oh, know yeah. it was there. Yeah. And <laughs> he just doesn't know at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that Road Warrior Hawk's like a really terrible person. Yes. Yeah, and I was just really happy for him to get the piss taken out from a wee bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I really, really like this. And also, what did you think of the fact that Big Bubba wrestles in a full suit and braces? Fantastic. It's absolutely excellent. Yeah. Like, because He's never really been benefited with decent ring gear. Yeah. In WWF, it was a police uniform. Yeah. And now here we are, and he's wrestling just in a nice <laughs> a nice suit. It's very interesting.
0: I thought Hawk, much like Hogan, one of those 80s wrestlers who is still in great shape, but because he's off the steroids, a lot more skinnier. And he's not got the same sort of impact as he did during his 80s, I thought. But yeah, special states, this is Hawk's first match, and his arm was broken by Kurosawa a couple of weeks ago. Bubba gets the early advantage as... The match begins. A big LOD chant. Breaks out. I thought it was class. I always love hearing that. Of course, in LOD country, in Chicago. Yeah. Hawk fights back as Bubba runs to the outside and then back into the Rhine to avoid the road. Brian well, Brian's from nothing, Bubba. I thought, despite his size, that was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I literally wrote down, he is one of the best big men in oh, wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. like, He yeah. absolutely knows how to go, which yeah. I thought was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see him doing his original, the run, with Hogan especially. Yeah. I think they're a cage match.
1: Oh can't yeah, yeah um, bouncing over
0: the place on unreal.
1: Yeah, I can't remember if that was on like a main event or if that was on a pay per view. The two wrestlers who I think were most underutilized in those early WWF post Mania one runs mm-hmm. were the Big Boss Man yeah. and you know the Shark. Earthquake, earthquake whatever he was yeah, at the yeah. time john tenta oh yeah i think both of them had these <clears throat> massive moments where they genuinely could have put the belt on them oh, yeah but it just yeah. it just didn't, just happen. didn't happen it yeah. always peters out to some sort of tag match mm-hmm. but yeah there's a couple of iconic moments of big baba going over hogan and wwf and same with earthquake which are moments of those wrestlers will probably treasure forever because they get to go over the biggest guy it's yeah. just a shame that it never really materializes for them later on in their mm-hmm. careers which is a shame
0: Disco Inferno appears once more, this time on the Rhine 8 and Hawk rips off his shirt, which is a nice Milan number A quantity Heenan, as they fight <laughs> up the entranceway. Hawk then realises he's getting counted out. He attempts to run back to the Rhine, but does not make the count. Referee Nick Patrick awards the win to Big Bubba. Disco Inferno, probably the only plus point in this match. Yeah, very, totally. very short.
1: Yeah, I kind of hated this match. It was probably my least <clears throat> favourite match of both shows, because yeah. it was kind of pointless. I don't like Road Warrior Hawk. Like nah. as a person, I don't like. Yeah. I know he's supposed to be the face in this match, but I was like, I don't care for mm-hmm. you. I guess they are. They need to like build towards the Kurosawa match, but then his first match back, he gets counted out. It makes yeah. no sense. Uh, noted a little funny bit of commentary that I thought I'd share with you. Mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff says, "I know my daughter Montana is watching oh, yeah. this at home. He, uh, she's very concerned about Hulk Hogan and <laughs> Bobby Union Just goes, "You live in Montana?" <laughs> Bischoff straight "No, my daughter's name is Montana." <laughs> I, it was so
0: <laughs> off the cuff. I just absolutely loved it. That's the genius of hearing just stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I swear that as we go to commercial, there's someone, possibly Hawk, shouting shit. <laughs> really? <laughs> Joe cuts to commercial. If you go back and listen to it, someone, I don't know if it's the crowd, I don't know if it's like a production team member or whatever, but or maybe Hawk himself someone's definitely shouting it just oh, oh no. really yeah I noticed that Bobby Heenan does like to
1: shout something oh, yeah, just yeah. before but yeah. I don't think it was I don't <laughs> think it was him but yeah I'll definitely go back and check that out I would
0: not want to beat this going for enough. don't leave us now Hogan when we return we go back to gene oakland in the ring that once more he introduces hulk hogan who's met with a chorus of boos from the chicago crowd i absolutely
1: loved this absolutely loved it i was just like yes finally this is what i've been waiting for for wcw for like the entire time that hogan's been there somebody just turned on him that is what we've wanted for so long and just before we dive into it as well did you see that gene oakland said welcome back to america (laughs) so is chicago not in
0: the u.s then gene separate independent nation exactly within the country (laughs) so yeah he's met with a course of booze from the chicago crowd but justin roberts he's not one of them he gets more airtime oh how did
1: i miss this i clearly wasn't paying any attention to the
0: fans oh i'm gutted hogan as he was on the b shows this week dressing all black his moustache is now gone after the attack by sullivan and the giant i discovered something
1: quite interesting this Mm -hmm. week with regards to hogan's entrance music oh so I was watching King of the Ring, I think 1993, the first one, that features Hogan, Zuna, and also Brett winning King of the Ring.
0: Yes. Is uh, that 90? I think it's 90. Let's just say
1: it is. But in the opening for that pay-per-view, Hogan does a promo with Jimmy Hart. And in Jimmy Hart's bit of the promo, he says he's got the red, white, and blue running through his veins, and he was born and raised in the US of A. Nice. And I was like, did WCW just hear that and go, (laughs) Write that down. That's it. That's money. (laughs) Absolutely loved it. So yeah, it it was weird because like that's, well, it's two years ago. So it's entirely possible that they just stole it. (laughs) Because also that would have been Hogan's last WWF match. Yes, it was, yeah. And then, of course, just slightly later, I think maybe like less than a year later, you'd be in WCW Mm -hmm. with this music. So absolutely excellent. Love it.
0: People want to know, what's it like to manage Hulk Hogan? What's he all about? This man has red, white and blue running through his veins and he was born and raised in the USA! Hogan tells Mean Gene and Jimmy Hart to keep their mouth shut it's time to take care of the family business. He's going to play the Giant and Sylvan's game and again references beating Giant's father, Wink, Andre the Giant, at WrestleMania 3. He calls out the Giant, about to rip this neck brace off and beat him right in the middle of this ring, brother, (laughs) to a chorus of (laughs) boos.
1: Yeah, do you know what really bugged me about Hogan's promo, right? All he says about the Giant is that he's big and stinky or he's big and nasty. And I'm like, this man tried to break your neck. Why are you not angrier at him? Mm -hmm. Like, he just does all these, like, wrestling tropes that have been going on since the 80s. And I was just like, Hogan, give me something. Like, give me something to, like, latch onto here. Tell me why I should care that you want to fight the Giant.
0: What I love about this, though, is the next part where, obviously, there's a restraint order in place. So when Hogan calls out the giant, Gene goes, well, nah, it's not (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Because we have an order in place, pal. Hogan then takes a shot at Vince McMahon. Did you get this? This was
1: brilliant. This is the first proper, proper
0: shots fired. Saying that when he was in New York, the promoter's ego got bigger than the wrestling business. Going on to say that when he left that promotion, a couple of years down the road as we speak, that promoter is dying and choking on his own ego. Shots fired by the Hulkster.
1: Yeah, it was so weird. He was like, that promoter's dying. He's choking on his own ego. And then he said, I found somewhere that Hulkamania can grow. Now, that's very funny in retrospect as well because obviously Hulkamania is entering its dying breaths. Like literally, it's got months left Mm -hmm. before the start of something huge. It's into the final months, whereas WWE is still going strong today. So Hogan couldn't have been more wrong. And then the ambulance noises hit. And this next bit is one of my favorite bits. I have wanted to find this clip For years, because I remember seeing it maybe when I was younger, maybe like in the last five, ten years, and it's just the image of the monster truck with Zodiac Zodiac, (laughs) hanging out the sunroof, waving his arms, and I just remember thinking, imagine knowing that's your job.
0: I know. Right? Zodiac,
1: get up on the roof, you're going to wave your arms about while we drive this monster truck.
0: It was the best thing ever. There's another bit as well, which I was trying so hard not to laugh, but... Hogan compares Sullivan and the Giant, shaving his moustache, to putting graffiti all over the Washington Monument and burning the American flag.
1: He's so up his own arse, isn't he? Like he, Hogan, you are not America. Like You are not a country, like, or the US, I should say. It's just, a lot about this promo made me really mad. It's as if Hogan knew that he was in Chicago and he yeah. knew the fans weren't going to be with him and mm-hmm. he just went, oh, screw it. Let's, yeah. just, let's just fully turn them against me.
0: Hogan dares the dungeon to come into the arena. However, Mean Gene again has to explain that there's a restraining order. Restraining order. So Hogan goes out to meet them instead. And I think that's pretty much all we get.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that's literally just how it ends and we don't see Hogan on TV again. Now, next, they run a promo for Halloween Havoc. and mm-hmm. I noticed something really interesting. I was dying to tell you this. Cool. Have you ever noticed that the promo image for Giant's truck doesn't actually match the truck itself? Oh, okay. So the promo image is a green truck that says Giant along the sides, right? But his actual truck is like his body with like teeth at the front or something. So I was like, why have you changed that picture? Because it's there all the way through to Halloween Havoc, which I thought was really interesting. It's as if someone designed the truck (laughs) and then they went, (laughs) actually, we're we're just going to make you this truck. Is that all right? And then nobody thought to ever change it, which I thought was interesting.
0: We see the steel cage for Flair versus Anderson getting lowered. Huge pyro for the cage as we go a commercial. Love that. Love that when you see like Hell in a Cell getting lowered as well. The yeah. lights, everything are fantastic.
1: Really, really excellent. Did you see what happened <clears throat> in between Hogan leaving and the match starting? We finally got the reappearance of my favourite ever Chicago Bears player. Pepe yes. in full Chicago Bears uniform.
0: I like that, actually. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I've got a dog myself, and there was a wreath was out for dogs out there. I'd probably buy it too, so <laughs> yes. fair play. Um. Absolutely excellent. I literally was just
1: like, this dog is so chill. Yeah, He oh, yeah. sits there with Mongo, mm-hmm. who I'm pretty sure Mongo doesn't own Pepe. Unless he does, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to find out if Pepe's got a Wikipedia page or anything. But... Like the police run up to the desk, they whisper in Bischoff's ear, yeah. and he doesn't flinch at all. He just kind of oh, yeah. sits there, and then he looks at the police as if he's like, "All right, do you want to come pet me?" And what do you <laughs> think of my helmet? And <laughs> not in that way. And um, it's just, it's just such a sound, wee dog. I absolutely loved it.
0: There's a great line from here as well, where he states that there are more cops out here than when they busted Al Capone and John Dillinger, organized crime figures from Chicago back in the 20s and 30s that was a oh, good see, I, line I'd heard of them but I didn't know they were
1: from Chicago Stash, oh, actually. oh again
0: Bobby Heenan just, just absolutely killing point. it so yeah it's time for our main event the steel cage match Arn Anderson versus Nature Boy Ric Flair Arn is already in the ring no entrance <sighs> yeah. and no epic music
1: this is bullshit is what yes. it says in my notes I want I to agree. hear the Horseman theme tune
0: Flair comes down to the ring it pretty much runs right into the ring as both guys go straight out exchanging punches and chops but did you notice this? How small is a steel cage? Yeah.
1: Do you want to bug me about it? See when they were lifting their arms up to yeah. do like double axe handles? Their arms were above the yeah. height of the cage. S- stupid. It was just to- so small and so rickety. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's
0: probably that's easily the worst cage design I think I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Stupid. Do you remember I don't know if you've ever seen it, there's a, I think it's a match from ECW, which is Tommy Dreamer and Raven. And they use what looks like an equally rickety yes. cage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's when they get the uh
1: the chair shot?
0: Yes. Yeah, the chair, the chair shot, shot yeah. while well, he's tied sure to one of the came, walls. Yeah.
1: But it's made up for the fact that we're watching two, two fantastic wrestlers. Thing, yeah. Arn is one of the best sellers yes. in the business. Flair is also one of the best strikers. So it's the perfect combination. Flair's punches, I don't know what it is. They just look so, yeah. so good. Arn just sells them perfectly. like He's always like flailing about. He's always getting hit perfectly. Oh, it's just beautiful wrestling to watch. <laughs>
0: Arn gets the initial advantage, gets flared out of the corner into the traditional backdrop spot before Arn throws him face first at the cage wall. Like you mentioned, he could win this now if he wants, to be honest. Just he'd climb the top rope and he's pretty much out of the cage. Did you notice at this bit that the crowd
1: were chanting for something, but I couldn't quite make out what it was? And I settled on. It sounds a bit like We Want Blood which I thought oh it's a cage match possible yeah did you hear the chant and did you have any uh, idea yeah I
0: know what you mean yeah maybe I think it, maybe it was We Want Blood Sounds like, like uh, yeah.
1: Chicago maybe like ECW, ECW yeah, yeah. I mean, but it uh, makes sense yeah I it genuinely no
0: idea what it was Anne lands a spine on the pine he then talks about how Flair cannot buy a tag team partner and he's even ignoring <laughs> Heenan Bishop then shows us what happened during the commercial both guys in the top rope Anne attempts to get out of the cage but Flair chops him down even Arn to fall crotch first on the top rope and then to the canvas. As we go back to real time, Flair launches on into the cage wall. Flair and attempts another thrown-off Arn into the cage. However, Arn reverses and then begins grinding Flair's face into the cage. It's always a great spot, I think.
1: I loved it. Uh, Bobby Heenan also had an excellent line. He said, he's made his bed. No, he's made his cage and now he has to fight in it. Nice. He's, honestly, nice. the guy's a
0: wordsmith. Flair gets up, hits a clothesline, the vertical suplex, and Arn. So much energy here. Then flying, Brian appears. He attempts to scale the cage, but is cut off at the top by Flair. It sends him back down to the crowd's delight. Flair then hits a double axe handle to Arn and goes for the figure four. But hold on a minute, Chris, just as he's about to lock it in, Arn hits him square in the coupon, knocking him out cold for the one, two, and three.
1: Now, there is some debate in the wrestling world yes. as to whether Arn had a loaded fist or not. Now, if Arn has a loaded fist that you can't talk about until five minutes after it's happened, did Arn have a loaded <laughs> fist at all? So really, it just looks like he punches Flair yes. in the chops and downs him. And it bugged me. I was like, why did they think a cage would keep out Brian I Pillman? Especially that small. <laughs> so. His name is literally flying, Brian. He will be. He'll be <laughs> able to find a way in. Yeah. Also, like the. I think Bischoff pointed out that. Ric Flair has a track record like no one else inside the steel cage which I thought was an excellent point because mm-hmm. all those iconic NWA main events oh yeah Oh, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes it's just a shame it was seconds before <laughs> yeah. he got beat inside the cage
0: <laughs> <laughs> a maniacal flair then joins the broadcast team <laughs> rips apart literally Bishop's headset screams and I mean screams into the mic saying that he'll be looking the world over for a partner if he can't find one, then he wants Pillman and Anderson in a two-on-one handicap match next week.
1: I loved it. He also screamed,
0: I don't care about the Bears. He just screams it into the microphone,
1: which I really, really liked. And uh, just this tiny little tidbit, he said, I'll take on both of you. I'll look the world over for a partner. And then yeah. he just says, Pillman, bring everything. Yes. And I was just like, oh, so you're good. so good. So good. Just before the end of the show, did you have this? We got my favorite promo of the entire week of both shows. Bobby Heenan's closing promo. absolutely loved it. Can I take you through it? Go for it. Bobby Heenan says, I've had enough of Hulk Hogan shoved down my throat nice. all of these years. Yep. He said, you'll think this way too soon enough. Mm. Talking nice. to uh, Mongo, yeah. which is, is spot on. He says, the Dungeon of Doom are going to get rid of Hulk Hogan. You can only eat that garbage for so long before it gets stuck in your throat and you have to throw it up. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I loved the promo so much. And even when he'd finished and he'd like stopped and went back to Bischoff, uh, Heenan was like, proper fizzing. It was as if he 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 couldn't even handle the words that he just said and I just thought it was brilliant. It was the best promo of the whole week for me. I did think that it looked like they finished the cage match early because it looked like Bischoff, Mongo and Heenan were sort of filling for a little while because the the closing bit was a bit low. But I'm happy that that happened because that meant that we got that excellent promo from Heenan. He was on
0: fire this week. He absolutely was, Um, yeah. Mongo not so much as he closes by saying that there's so much going on at Halloween Havoc you can't help but to pay-per-view that thing yeah <laughs> there was another one as well Hogan uh, sorry not Hogan Heenan was
1: like Hog, Hogan Hagen Hogan, Hogan. <laughs> and then he eventually gets out which I, I really I liked it the the mistakes were you know what the mistakes were fine because I think they absolutely excelled in almost every way yes honestly a, a really really good show
0: so we go to a preview for next week it's DDP versus Johnny B. Bad for the W Television title Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit yes absolutely excellent love it Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus mine and of course Rick Flair with without a partner versus Brian Pillman and Arn Anderson's. So Chris, what did you think of that night draw? I I was sort of in two minds about it. Mm-hmm.
1: On one hand, I loved the fact that it was some fantastic promo work. Yes. Fantastic storylines. Fantastic intensity, like sting. Oh my god. Yeah. Even Hogan Flair, Flair as well, yeah. just all so in your face. Flair and Arn are absolutely carrying the show because Hogan just seems to not be arsed to do it himself. Yeah. But it just wasn't enough this week. For some mm-hmm. reason, it felt a bit rushed. It felt like there was too much going on and not enough was made about the actual matches. But do you know what I liked about it? At the end of the show, I thought, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when I used to watch The Walking Dead mm-hmm. in about 2015. Now, I would literally take the morning off work on Mondays get the American feed on a dodgy stream on a Sunday night and watch The Walking Dead because I thought it was must-watch television. And genuinely, Nitro has got to this weird intensity level where I'm just like, I can't wait to watch next week. It must have been so good as a fan. Mm. Even if you had like two TVs in your house, to to (laughs) know that you had Nitro to watch live and then watch Raw and Taper, whatever. Just these two shows are so, so hot at the moment. And um, I'll do my sort of full Mm -hmm. aftermath once we get to the end of show number two. Oh, also, WWF was taped, Yes. yet Nitro did not need to resort to telling the matches,
0: which I enjoyed. I enjoyed that as well, yeah. If you've all seen that for a while, actually, yeah. in terms of them i like, results. Because I'm yeah. still
1: doing the thing where if it's recorded yeah. for WWF, I you don't watch, watch it, it. Sorry, I yeah. do watch it first. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, they just didn't spoil it this week, which was really, really good.
0: I thought Nitro was very squash central this week. Like you say, the main event did seem to be cut short but obviously they're building up to Halloween Havoc, so maybe that was it, I don't know.
1: Yeah, or maybe Pillman just came out early. He started the finishing sequence,
0: so maybe he just screwed it up. Would have loved it if, for example, Flair missed his cue and you saw Pillman pretending not to climb that cage. It was so <laughs> small. It'd <laughs> be fantastic. So here we go to WDF Monday Night Raw from the same date. This was, of course, taped on the 25th of September. At the Grand Centre, Grand Rapids in Michigan. Vince McMahon, the and the King Law on commentary. But first, as always, Chris, what were the results from the B-Shows?
1: Yeah, we actually had more than just the normal stuff this week. So cool. I'm just going to take nice. you through everything that's happened since last Raw. Cool. So last time out, Raw aired on October the 2nd. But that same night at a USWA show pg-13 defeated the smoking guns via disqualification ah, So that was it right, Okay. Yeah, yeah in that match because they technically won even though it was disqualification they actually earned a wwf tag team title shot so oh, that's right. how they earned it was that match which i thought was quite cool we also had a quick uk trip thrown in for two dates in london and hull, hull. for some strange reason <laughs> Which I just, I personally did not understand very much. But they each drew about 4,000 fans, which is really, really respectable. The main events were Razor Ramon beating Dean Douglas and Diesel pinning Yokozuna. He pinned him with a flying crossbody because he's not in nah. Yokozuna. Of course, on October 6th, we finally got that Madison Square Garden show, the benefit show that I was telling you oh, about. Oh yes, they, it's covered, yeah. They showed some clips yeah. of it during which... I, I don't know, it proper warmed my heart. Yeah. They said it was for handicapped and underprivileged people, mm-hmm. a sort of benefit show. And when they showed the clips on Raw later, it just made me feel so happy. I was like, oh, I forget that sometimes like stuff like Make-A-Wish, stuff that John oh, yeah. Cena has, does, it, it proper can be mm-hmm. a really, really good thing. So, as I said on last week's show, the event drew 9,000 fans. Crazy number for WWF at the time. It was their most attended show from SummerSlam, which drew 18,000, up until In Your House 4, which just marginally outdrew it by getting 10,000 people in the building. Mark Henry made his first appearance in the WWF. Oh, wow. Fr- he had a pretty good 1995. he just won three medals at the Pan American Games. And he'd also just recently won the Powerlifting World Championships. Mm-hmm. So he's he's on a hot streak oh, right yeah. now. He had a bit of a hoo-ha with Skip in the ring. But don't get too excited because he's not going to be back until <laughs> March. We've got uh, another five months before he's going to turn off again, which is a bit crap. We had an extremely rare appearance from a title we've not even covered yet. Wow. And that is the WWF Women's yes, Championship. Because I realized, see when... In episode 2, when Raw joined this podcast, mm-hmm. I didn't cover who was WWF Women's Champion.
0: To be honest, not many people would blame me. It's very much almost an afterthought at this yeah. point, yeah.
1: Do you have any idea who was WWF Women's Champion at this time? Alundra Blaze. You're so close. She but was Women's Champion until SummerSlam of this year. Bill Nakano. No. No. Who? It was
0: Bertha Faye. Bertha Faye, of course. Now,
1: Nathan, it's fine that you don't know this, because... Bertha Faye won the title at SummerSlam and she's not back on TV until the end of October. Wow. Who, Well, like, who's booking this? You've got a champion there who is, you know, an icon for uh, young females who are yeah. watching this product and she's just not on TV. She literally, she wins the belt in August, I think it was 25th. And she won't be back on TV until October 25th, I think it is, which is just so, so disappointing. But she had a match with Alinda Blaze and she beat her. The WWF Tag Team Champions, the Smoking Guns, of course, went up against the Blue Brothers. Who, you ask, Nathan? Who cares? Because they're gone the next (laughs) night. (laughs) But, of course, this was Ron and Don Harris. Oh, okay. They had long hair and it looks very, very strange. They're gone from the WWF the next night, but they're going to turn up again as the DOA in a couple of years. Yes. So we can look forward to that. Intercontinental champion Shawn Michaels defeated Davy Boy Smith by DQ. There was some interference from Jim Cornetti, He came in and cracked him with his tennis racket. But after the match it got kind of good, right? The heels put a beat down on Sean, and then it ends with Davy Boy grabbing the icy belt and holding it over Sean as he's beating in the ring. And I was nice. like, oh, that's... That's quite a good image. I was thinking, I was like, could that possibly be a good feud for Sean's IC title at some point down the road? So we'll wait and see what happens. And then in the main event, The Undertaker pinned King Mabel after a choke slam. WWF champion Diesel was not there at all. He was over in Austria, still fighting Yokozuna on the European oh, okay. tour. So that leads us to what happened on Superstars for October 7th and... Not much really happened. I was actually really disappointed in this show. It was taped on the 26th of September alongside last week's superstars. It drew 3,000 fans, which is double the amount of people who came to Raw, which just blows my mind because it's superstars. Dean Douglas handed another loss to Barry Horowitz. He defeated him with the final exam, which is his name for a fisherman suplex. Ah, didn't know that was his finisher. During Savio Vega's match with jobber Tom Knox, Jean-Pierre Lafitte's back out and he steals Savio's oh, flag. Jeez. What is it with him and stealing stuff? Like, I thought Canadians were nice people. I know. He so is Canadian, that. right? Yeah, he's from Montreal, isn't he? French Canadian. French, yeah. Canada, French yeah. yeah. French Canadian. Yeah. We get another Ahmed Johnson promo. This time he says he wants to be a role model when he arrives in WWF. It's weird because his promos are all really heel. But he's a face, so it's interesting. Uh, Mr. McMahon plugs an America Online chat, which Jerry Lawler (laughs) is going to be doing before Raw. Like, he has a clue what AOL is in 1995. (laughs) Absolutely excellent. Mr. McMahon also interviews Shawn Michaels, who says Dean Douglas will be taught by the valedictorian of the WWF at In Your House 4. I love that line. Do you That's know? What, good. Do you know what a valedictorian is? I don't know what it sounds class. So a valedictorian is a thing that American students do, right. which is when someone finishes like top of their class, gets the best grade point average, mm-hmm. they get asked to make a speech at the graduation ceremony. It's sort of like a farewell on behalf of all the students. Right. We don't really get it so much. In nah. the, we always get like guest speakers yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff like that. But I was just like, If you were to pick a valedictorian of the WWF, of course it would be Shawn Michaels. He is their absolute golden boy. And I just thought that, yeah, it was a really nice nice terminology. The Million Dollar Corporation picked up the win for Ted DiBiase. As Sid in Kama defeated Bam Bam and Henry Godwin. Sid is once again absolutely wasted in this match and I hate that since the first Raw he's Mm -hmm. just disappeared. Yeah,
0: he's been nowhere.
1: I'm trying to debate if this there's a title run he has Mm -hmm. and I'm like Has that happened? Has that not happened? I just want it to. Don't spoil it for me. I just want. I might go back and watch. (laughs) And then the huge main event and his massive return to superstars. Marty Giannetti picks up the win over the Brooklyn Brawler. Of course. So, not a very good one. Uh, During the match, Goldust cuts a promo on Marty via split screen. Their match is on the horizon. We get an announcement that next week, WWF champion Diesel is going to be back from Europe. He's going to be wrestling Waylon Mercy. But apart from that, there's literally nothing of note on this show. It made me really sad. It was disappointing because, do you remember we were in the dart sheets last week and mm-hmm. I told you that Bill Watts said he wants to boost superstars yeah, ratings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not happened. Like it's The show's enough. gone downhill in the last two weeks. And I'm going to have some big Bill Watts news on next week's nice. show. So just stay tuned for that. Just before we hit Raw, do you want some more backstage goss? Absolutely. So we spoke a bit about women's wrestling there with Mm -hmm. Alundra Blaze and uh, the other one, Bertha Faye. (laughs) This week, WWF agreed to bring six wrestlers over from All Japan Women. They're going to be coming to this year's Survivor Series and they're going to be split between the teams of Bertha Faye and Alundra Mm -hmm. Blaze. So one of them is AEW wrestler Aja Kong. Yes. Aja Kong? Aja, Aja, Kong, yeah. Aja Kong, legend, yeah. Which I, I was like, that's pretty cool because yeah. I only know her cause of AEW. Because you know, I'm a stupid young wrestling <laughs> fan. Vince has also booked an interview with a budding young wrestler that he might be bringing to the WWF. And that wrestler's name was Steve Austin. Wow. Meltzer notes. Fantastic. In the Observer this week, he says, I actually think he should go to All Japan Pro Wrestling because I think he's he's got potential to be a bigger star there. <laughs> i love it when he's wrong don't you just love it when he's wrong so so that leads us nicely into raw this is the third of four raws recorded in one night it makes me so depressed there's 1500 fans in attendance but i bet you some of them have already left because they've already sat through two raws and who can possibly still be available to wrestle for these next two shows like they're really drawing this out do you know what? I was fine with one event, three RAWs, but I can't do one event, four RAWs. It just nah, seems it's just ridiculous. Thankfully, too by stretched the, out, yeah. Exactly, it's too yeah. stretched. Thankfully, by the time we get to the main Monday Night War of like 97, 98, it's like Kicks one on, one yeah. off, I think mm, it is. Yeah. And then by the time we hit 2001, I think it's every Both single life, week. Yeah. So we're in the absolute doldrums of events for WWF. Thankfully, their product is still managing to sort of keep yeah. up.
0: But yeah, the Grand Centre in Grand Rapids is no Rosemont Horizon. It absolutely, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> However, we do have a star-studded opening match. Yeah, God, I literally was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is opening the show. This is so goddamn exciting. It's Owen Hart, Yokozuna and the British Bulldog versus Diesel, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Undertaker's gone hits and the crowd pops huge. Fantastic entrance as always, even in the arena this small. We've said it before, but still iconic. Back from commercial to see highlights of Shawn Michaels speak to school kids at a conference. He talks about how events like this mean so much to him. But boy, does he look terrible! He
1: looks off
0: his nuts. Yes. He
1: absolutely. I literally was like, Shawn Michaels has taken gear immediately before this. He's so twitchy. He's like yeah, sweating he's, all the way down yeah, his that's face. Yes, as well.
0: Just. Covered I just, in sweat
1: I was just like Sean Michaels man If you're chatting to kids About having a 98% Attendance <laughs> record Try and not do Blow before the You do the promo Allegedly He might have just been hot
0: <laughs> Sean makes his entrance With Vince Connum The most flamboyant Most charismatic And perhaps The most resilient WDF Superstar in the world today Vince just asked him out already Honestly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah This is obviously Following on from when
1: Sean got naked And <laughs> Vince absolutely Loved that as well <laughs>
0: Diesel makes his entrance for commercial, and we come back to see Owen Hart and Shawn Michaels in the ring as the action is underway. This bugged me, the entrances. Yeah, just. Did you notice that Shawn Michaels' entrance, brilliant.
1: Yeah. Absolute spotlight is on him. He is a star. He's had the WWF title at this point. Has he had it once? No? No. Well, no. He's, he's definitely he's on, like on the, the ascendancy, biggest. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the biggest star in the company. But then he can't let anyone else have it. Have it yeah. See when Diesel walks to the ring, Shawn Michaels gets up on the top rope. Yeah to literally make himself bigger than Diesel, make himself bigger than the biggest star in the company. And it just, it really annoyed me because this is the first thing we've got to see Diesel properly. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was just like, now in the next 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to find out why he's champion, why he's so good. Because all I've seen up to this point is that stupid tag team match. Yeah. I'll be at this tag team match as well. But I was just like, I really wanted to be so impressed by Diesel. And then Shawn Michaels just goes and like grabs all of the spotlight. It's just a little aside because it's, it's not like it was written into the program. But... It just, yeah, it just bugged me. I wish Sean hadn't done that.
0: And these guys are pals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're literally
1: best mates. Like.
0: So Owen and Sean Michaels kick things off. Both guys pretty much equal until Sean locks in an armbar on the King of Hearts. Some great exchanges from both guys, each running the ropes. A big leapfrog from Sean, who lines Owen to the outside. Bulldog comes into the ring after Sean having a big melee, and she was involving all six men. But she's sees Diesel and Sean throw Owen and Bulldog into Yokozuna, and they get flattened as a result these own taker then hit big boots to the big guy who gets sent to the outside the faces remain in the ring while jim Cornette tries to rally his team together i absolutely love this yeah straight, straight away man. i
1: was just like why do i not remember a significant Shawn michaels own heart match i don't think mm-hmm. they've really uh, yeah outside of probably rockers versus heart foundation yeah. type stuff i was just like i don't think i've seen them wrestle before mm-hmm. and then Every combination of wrestler that we tag in and out, there was always this great dynamic. If it was like Sean or Owen working against the bigger guys, they did this like bigger, smaller guy Mm -hmm. dynamic. If it was the big lads, they were battering each other as well. Like I loved taker and zuna and then also diesel and zuna as well just everything about this match worked for me i love the brawl because all of a sudden the crowd just went mental and mm. um, i love the double big boot that you mentioned as well yeah. my only downside was when yoko came in to take the double big boot he was already sweating profusely yeah. <laughs> he's already in huckers I, yeah. I was like you've done nothing you have walked <laughs> to the ring and stood on the apron how have you done this and because I've been so harsh on him thus far, I wanted to give Diesel some praise. Mm-hmm. His punches, much like Flair's, I absolutely oh, yeah. love them. Love them yeah. And his lariat as well, you know, his big yes. Undertaker lariat it's absolutely beautiful.
0: Though if you notice this bit here, but Bulldog gets sent to the outside. side. He's met by Undertaker. It looks like Taker's about to go for the chokeslam, however he merely plants Bulldog's arse on the apron. It's quite Yeah, nice it was <laughs> so
1: weird. It was like, ah, he's going to choke slam And then it was just like, sit down.
0: <laughs> Nicely
1: sat him down <laughs> on the apron. <laughs>
0: Bulldog tags in Yokozuna as kind remarks that if Chris Columbus would have never bothered to discover America if you knew something like this was going to happen, <laughs> Vince responds with, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I didn't notice that, that's excellent. But some, I mean, sometimes that reaction is necessary.
0: Undertaker gets tagged in to Vince's delight. He hits an old school, or whatever it was called back then, you know how an attempt at a flying clothesline is countered into a nice one drop. That was really nice. Yeah. And at this point, Chris, we see at Mercy at the entranceway, and he's facing Diesel in the upcoming episode of Superstars. But I don't know about you, but when I saw Whalen Mercy here, I immediately thought how cool a feud between him and Undertaker would have been.
1: Yeah, that was what was supposed to be happening in your house four. Was it already? Yeah, yeah. It says it somewhere in one of the many sheets that I've read in preparation for these shows, and... It's annoying because like, the peak of Whale and Mercy has already passed us. Know, it yes. was that In Your House 3 match that I've not watched because I didn't watch In Your House 3, I only watched the main event. And I'm so sad because the gimmick's so good and it's so weird and I've watched loads of promos for it on YouTube that are all excellent as well. It's just such a shame because I'm watching it knowing I was like, oh, this is going to end really soon. Yeah. And yeah, it's just such a shame.
0: Yeah, what could have been? Yeah. Yoko Yokozuna hits a rock bottom to Shawn Michaels, of yeah. course it's not called that at this point
1: Yeah, I tried to figure out the name, I went for an STO driver Nice But I don't know, because Chris Daniels does a similar sort of thing But yes. his is more of a sort of trip move at yeah. the same time So I don't know what it's called, but literally Zuna hits a really good one And somewhere the rock goes, ah, I think <laughs> I'll have a bash at that myself
0: Well Vince doesn't know what it's called either, he just shouts the trademark, what manoeuvre Oh of course he Classic. does Classic <laughs> You see Owen and Bulldog hit a double elbow and Sean gets to jump in woo from Owen love that Sean tries to make the tag Bulldog keeps cutting him off and there's a bit here where the camera pans to the cornet who mentions something about suicide and thank fuck the camera moves away from him Oh Jeez. okay
1: so I know exactly what you're talking about and I watched it back like three or four times yeah. to try and figure out what it was right. I figured out what it was and it's not as bad as you think Is it not? Right So he says like shut up you something something suicide but and then it yes, gets cut off and right, I was like what did he just say? And then I sort of figured out, I was like, i have heard the name of a song before by, I can't remember who it's by, but it's Suicide Blonde. Right, okay. And Suicide Blonde refers to someone who's dyed their hair blonde, as in you've dyed yourself blonde suicide. Ah, right, okay. So I think he was given out to some sort of wrestling fan that had dyed blonde hair and he so, wasn't yeah. telling someone to quit right, commit okay. suicide and that's i was good. just like thank yeah. god because jim is going to ruin <laughs> his future careers by saying stuff like this but i'm pretty sure he said suicide blonde yeah. i hate defending him but i'm pretty sure that's what he said but it was yeah the camera cuts away yeah, i was like middle geez. of the word so yeah
0: You see what is now the standard usa chant from the crowd Sean's still being walked over as we return from commercial dean douglas makes his way down the entranceway taking notes as always dean taking on sean michaels and he was that you mentioned Referee El Herbner cuts off Bulldog, assisting Owen. on has shone in the abdominal stretch with Bulldog, holding on to him for leverage. Herbner's not having any of this, however. Kicks the arm away. And what a kick it was. <laughs>
1: absolutely, yeah. It was absolutely excellent. What did you think of... I don't even know if you noticed this, but... So, when we cut to Dean Douglas on the ramp, I just happened to notice that Mr Fuji was on the outside, or Master Fuji, as Demolition oh, right, used yeah, to yeah. call him. Did you notice, right that when Yokozuna was in the ring, he Mm -hmm. would wave a Japanese flag. But when Bulldog was in the ring, he would wave a British flag. (laughs) And just to make things worse, I don't know if this match got booked quite late, but there was no signs of any Canadian flag. So poor Owen poor Hart. One, yeah. But I did really like it. I was like, yes, as we've said on this show before, Mr. Fuji doesn't really contribute much to the show because he's got one of those, you know, yeah. guaranteed deals. You yeah, can work for do us till you die. Yeah. yeah. And he literally, he's an excellent flag waver. Yeah. I will give him <laughs> his props.
0: The spot which infuriated me here. Owen that goes to the top rope for a fog splash when raw cuts to a commercial break.
1: It was so stupid because he literally it was deliberate it was uh, 100% deliberate but he leaps off and there was nothing (laughs) it was a flying nothing he literally before he lands the move they've cut to the break yeah literally give three seconds either side yeah
0: just exactly yeah and it's taped what? it's it's taped as well it's like post-production
1: oh yeah exactly yeah I never thought about that yeah
0: idiots Sean finally makes a hot tag to Diesel who hits Bulldog with a sidewalk slam Bulldog, however, retaliates with the running power slam thanks to Owen's assist. Undertaker breaks up the count, however the referee does not see Yokozuna hit Diesel with a big lie drop. Bulldog makes the cover and the ref makes the three count.
1: Huge. Absolutely huge. huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Right, so, I loved this match. This was, yeah, was my really favourite match of both shows. Yep, me too, yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. I love the sort of post-match thing as well where Mabel and Dean Douglas all just appear. There's this massive like brawl where all the heels are just battering in the faces. Did you hear what King said when he came out? No. He's like, oh, he must be here to congratulate them. <laughs> I love when King says stuff like that, like really, really genuine. There's a bit coming up later on where I think he's antagonizing Brett. While <laughs> Brett's in the ring, Brett then goes to punch him. And he says, oh, Brett dragged me right over the announce table, (laughs) even though he's standing on the ring apron. But yeah, I just absolutely loved the match. Can't believe it opened the card. I was really, really surprised at Mm -hmm. that. But then I was like, oh, this is Vince. This is him. He's playing his cards. He's thinking now, right, we've got significant competition in WCW. You know, we're eight weeks in or whatever. He knows he's got some big boys to take on over on the other side. So he puts this on first. I just absolutely loved it. Last week. WWF showed they can have good technical matches without big stars Mm -hmm. in the form of Brett versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte, whereas this year they showed that they don't need to have big technical matches, but they can have big stars Stars, that can drag it along. I just thought it was absolutely excellent. And would you like to know the backstory and how momentous this is to Diesel? Yes. So this is Diesel's first loss in 1995. He has won 18 matches on TV without hitting a loss, and he doesn't really lose at the house shows either. It's his first loss since losing the Intercontinental belt to Razor Ramon back on August 29th, 1994. So he has gone 13 months or 406 days without actually ever being pinned. There's a couple of, like, as I mentioned on the show last week, he's had a one no contest, one double disqualification in that time but that's the first thing he's been pinned in such a long amount of time. I felt it was absolutely monumental.
0: Oh yeah, I knew he was obviously pushed heavily, but I didn't know it was that long since it was pinned. Yeah. Amazing.
1: I actually went back and and watched the match with Razor Ramon from, uh, I think it was SummerSlam actually. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh wow, even just in that space of time, there's there's such a huge character development from Diesel, which I really, really appreciated. But yeah, I love this match. What were your thoughts?
0: I thought it was excellent. Huge opening match between probably the top six guys. Yeah, in exactly the yeah. just now I mean, yeah, Brownway kick off the show Like you said Mabel comes down to the ring It's him and Yokozuna Exchange leg drops To the Undertaker Did you know That one of these leg drops From Mabel Breaks Taker's orbital bone Yes I, I knew
1: that this Was around this time mm-hmm. Yeah it's, uh, So he, doesn't he like is, is it a clothesline Or is it a leg drop? Leg drop Leg drop yeah. And it breaks his eye socket Yes Which is the most horrible Horrible sounding injury That I've ever heard of In my life do you think that contributed to Mabel's push not being as great as it could have been?
0: Yes, I think it was a direct contribution. He'd already injured Diesel, I'm sure. Oh, earlier, yeah, of course yeah. he did, yeah. And apparently Mabel was quite unpopular anyway. Yeah. yeah another nail in the coffin, I think. Yeah, for which Mabel. Is, it is such a shame because, you know... There's some
1: fans of the, <laughs> of, fans the podcast of yeah. um, Nelson Fraser Jr. Is that his <laughs> yes, name? That's right, um, yeah. Of the of that man on this podcast, and he could have been something around this time. Yeah. I even noted later on when he speaks <clears throat> to the British Bulldog mm-hmm. in a promo. I was like, oh, he can he can actually speak. Oh, yeah, he's, not bad isn't... as well. So yeah, but overall, just loved this match. I'd say it's a solid like four out of five star
0: matchup, and just freaking loved it. I think to be fair to Ross and Gary, who love Mabel, I think they prefer his visceral run anyway. Oh, really? So yeah. got, they'll be happy, guys. Comes back soon. Yes, we'll be very big oh, Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> see Dean Douglas make his way to side to attack Sean. He tackles him to the side of the ring for and him onto the steel steps. Heels are running wild. Where's the smoking guns? Where's anyone? Oh, to make of course. The
1: yeah, smoking guns got. No one. They got backed up by Diesel and yes, Sean before, so right, they yeah. should be out for the save.
0: We see footage from last week's main event between Bret Hart and Jean-Pierre Lafitte. We saw King, of course, go down the hitman into attacking him, before Isaac Yankum at DDS makes a save for the King. Vince then announces it with Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum in a steel cage next week. Hopefully the cage is a bit higher than the one we saw in Nitro. <laughs> and then we see, I thought it was pretty random, highlights from SummerSlam 1995, the previous match between Bret Hart and Isaac Yankum. As Vince announces that on the orders of WF president, Guerrilla Monsoon, anyone interfering in this match next week, will be putting a case themselves, although obviously the king interfering in the SummerSlam match.
1: This made me so mad. I was like, if I wanted to watch SummerSlam, I would have would went have back it, yeah. and watched SummerSlam they dedicated <clears> like what 10, 12 oh, minutes yeah, it was to a long this. Time, yeah. Really, really long time. And right, honest question Do you think this was deliberate? Because Vince kept saying through this, "Oh, we're going to get you back to the ring in just a little minute." I can't remember what his exact words were, but he just said something along yeah, the lines so of "clear clearing um, the ring" or yeah. something. Yeah, That was like, what, what? Do you think they were emphasizing the fact that they'd had this big beatdown and they were still trying to sort the wrestlers? Because we did cut back at one point and all to three them. guys were still yeah. down, and then we cut back again and like Undertaker and Diesel were sort of helping each other up, but it was, it was very strange.
0: It may have been because of the injury the Undertaker suffered, maybe that. Oh, I never thought about yeah. that, yeah. But at the same time, you could still put another match in there, surely. Also, it's, it's like... taped. Exactly.
1: So, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it just seemed very, very strange. We basically get the full Isaac Young versus Bret Hart again from SummerSlam. Yeah. But the commentators like commentate it in hindsight. Yeah, and it it's just, weird, yeah. It was so, so weird. And they just kept talking about this. <clears throat> oh, if anyone interferes, they'll be going in the cage. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I guess someone's going in yeah. the cage then. And yeah. Oh, here's a back, not backstage, but behind the scenes sort of point, right? Brett wrestled last week against Jean-Pierre Lafitte, right? Mm -hmm. But Brett's also going to wrestle next week against Isaac Yankham. Yeah. But those are all the same night. Yeah. So how's that going to work? Is he wrestling twice in one show?
0: Yes. Because those were all
1: recorded Mm -hmm. on September
0: 25th. Doing double duty.
1: And then I thought, I wonder if that was a common thing that happened in live events back in the day.
0: imagine it would be, yeah. Yeah. I just—it
1: never came into my head. I thought they always sort of wrangled it so that maybe a wrestler would just stand on the ramp during a show, but then would actually wrestle on a different show. And I just thought, well done, Brett, for actually yeah. just putting
0: the hours in. They definitely don't. I mean, you see NXT back in the day, they do like four tapings in one go, mm-hmm. and like you say, like one week they'd have a match, the next would be in a segment, yeah. Or whatever. But they had, they had the depth to do that, but yeah. here they probably don't. Yeah, they probably so. don't.
1: Especially the fact that like, <clears> see, well all these events are going on, like half of the crew. Are of, still yeah. out in another still, neck yeah. of the w- another bit of America or, mm-hmm. or they're over in Europe or something like that. Like They kind of stretch themselves quite thin yeah. for these shows, which I thought it was a bit strange. I wanted to ask you, I've never seen that SummerSlam match before, nor mm-hmm. do I really want to. Yeah, what did too. you think of Isaac Yankum's top rope leg drop that he does to Brett while Brett's hanging in the ropes? Oh yeah, I thought it was nice. I thought it, it was, was nice, really yeah. nice. I was mm. like, can you imagine Kane doing that now? I guess he does the clothesline, yeah. which has a similar height, but I just, I thought it was really, really excellent. That was the the highlight of Love a general match, yeah. massive
0: yeah. low light. King even makes a dig at your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> I could have murdered you for this. The Vince replies, stop it. <laughs> it's so weird. He just
1: randomly goes, like those cheaters, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He saw those Pittsburgh Steelers and now he's cheating. What the hell, Jerry? Like, I took this as a personal attack, right? Here's some information on what is going on at the time, right? So if we look at this from its air date, October the 9th, right? Steelers lost the previous night to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 2016. Or even if we look at the date it was recorded, September 25th, Steelers also lost the previous night to the Minnesota Vikings. So I know what you're thinking. Jerry Lawler must have a personal vendetta against the Steelers because of a team he supports. Now he's from Memphis, right? And the Tennessee Titans play in Memphis, Tennessee. So mm. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if uh, yeah, yeah. somewhere there was." Nope, the Tennessee Titans don't exist yet. They don't exist till 1997 when they moved to Tennessee from right. Houston. I was just like, "I have no idea." I felt I felt like this was a personal attack. Now I don't want to tell you too much about the Steelers' season, <clears throat> but right. they had a pretty good season. All right, okay. And that will factor into WCW in the very near future. Oh, nice. But that's all I'll say for now.
0: <laughs> It's time for our main event, Chris, and nothing screams doubt if in 1995, more than a main event of Skip versus Fatou. Fatou, of course, the future Sultan and Rikishi, but he's currently his make-a-difference gimmick, the street thug turned good, based largely on his real-life experiences being involved in gang activity when he was younger.
1: Oh, I, I didn't know that, because I, yeah. I, I tried to write down some of the messages that were on his outfit. I noted that it said, it's time to make a change. Yeah. It says, do the right thing, and it also says, make a difference. And I was like... What? I don't remember this. I remember Fatu as a head shrinker, and I remember yeah, him as Rikishi and the Sultan. But I don't remember this. It's either. very short-lived. Yeah, yeah, it's thought, only a couple of months, I, I think. I thought yeah. it was really cool. Like he oh, does, yeah. he does a little bit where he dances with the ref.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Same thing. I kind of thought it was a bit cringe as well. How? Yeah, it totally was. Yeah. This is what Vince thinks is like street and cool. Yeah, you know, it's standard Vince McMahon. There was a bit,
1: actually, where he is just sort of jiving about in the ring. I was like, wow, you look so much like your kids here. Yeah, oh, yeah. He looks so much like Jimmy and Jay Uso. It's
0: unreal. It's a nice segue from Vince, who states that WWF superstars are making a difference last Friday at the Benefit event at Master Square Garden, which you referred to earlier. As King says, something's going on backstage with Mabel, but we don't know what's going on as Vince promotes the WWF World Tour de Force, taking us to exotic locations at Springfield, Massachusetts, as well as Glen Falls, Rochester, Binghamton, Syracuse and Utica all in New York State, I'm more of an Albany man myself
1: <laughs> just, It just reminds me of like places where there are Dunder Mifflin branches in the <laughs> office
0: <laughs> The match gets underway with a bit of back and forth running the ropes on both guys Skip gets the heel heat by doing jumping jacks in the ring He tries to slam Fatu's head in a turnbuckle, however it's not effective Fatou against Dan Singh, which ter- terrifies Skip. <laughs> <laughs> he was met with punches and a headbutt. Sonny's attempt at distraction. Sonny, of course, accompanying Skip. Her distraction fails as Fatou avoids being attacked from behind. Skip gains the upper hand and ring where, as he evades a running shoulder tackle in the corner. He hits a belly-to-back suplex and a top rope fist drop onto the former head drinker.
1: <clears throat> Some of this made me so mad, right? The hard head gimmick uh, yes, that is exclusively yes. given yeah. to foreigners yep. or black wrestlers, mm-hmm. right? Wild Simone's had it. Yes. Junkyard Dog had it. Hitting people with your head and not feeling any pain. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, Fatu gets his head hit on the corner. Mm-hmm. No effect. No effect, yeah. Fatu takes a diving headbutt to his own head. No effect. Yeah. If you dove off the corner and hit someone with your own skull, you would have permanent brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're basically saying that because people are from a different country that they have thicker skulls. I was like, this is the worst racism. Yeah. And, I mean, this company's pretty racist. I'm not going to lie, right? This is the worst thing, I think, that is going on at this time. Combined with this and OJ last week, just some of the stuff that WF's doing makes me so mad. Yeah, no.
0: Like you say, it's a horrible racial trope, but it's not even consistent because there's a bit where Skip Plants Plantspatu said in the corner post, and obviously he sells it yeah. so it's like what was the point in all that anyway
1: was absolutely that, ridiculous
0: yeah. Skipper Thames are superplex, but the future of Kishi is far too heavy he throws skip to the canvas far too heavy very, <laughs> oh, oh very good very good he <laughs> throws skip to the canvas and hits a big splash from the top rope for the three count
1: yeah I loved it the, the splash I was like that's Jimmy yes. and Jay's splash it was literally the Usos must have watched this match and been for, like yeah. let's use that as our finisher
0: Great selling from Skip as well. His legs are still in the air well after this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny.
1: Skip's like one of those funny heels that are yes. about, which I really, really he liked did.
0: it. Very underutilized in the WDF. Skip. Let's go to Vince McMahon saying Jim Ross is backstage trying to get a word with Diesel and Shawn Michaels. However, we go backstage and it's Doc Hendricks with the audio problems.
1: Yeah, very, very strange. Pacing back and forth. Yeah, you point. can't hear them. And so they do they go to the ads instead. Yeah it's so so strange don't get me wrong see when they actually got doc and some of the stuff he said was quite quite cool he said that sean yeah. Sh- michaels can't stand up mm-hmm. diesel's lost his cool undertaker took the worst of the lot. i was like wow they're they're i mean obviously they're off screen so it's not very believable yeah. but they're selling the idea that these guys get absolutely battered
0: there's a bit where he says Shawn michaels collapsed and then king immediately begins laughing <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, okay
1: <laughs> excellent
0: then go to jim ross who basically storms into the, the other locker room no fucks given I think you gentlemen should explain yourselves says to Jim Cornette and the bulldog bulldog being a stupid cap
1: yeah it was so why what was that <laughs> what cat? is that
0: all about begins goofing around flexing his muscles Cornette says that the cap was given to him by Princess Diana
1: again i reference referenced very much all of its time yes Princess Di giving out hats and do you hear what he said when he first came in mm-hmm. why are you bursting into our locker rooms are you one of those weirdos <laughs> right i do have a point about this though right so you're saying to me that diesel the wwf champion Shawn michaels the ic champion and undertaker one of the biggest stars in the company all share a dressing room yeah whereas bulldog gets his own dressing room <laughs> do they have like a us a non-us yeah, thing going on like
0: foreigners and us very very segregation. strange
1: but i didn't see you know i didn't see fatu in this dressing room so i don't know if it's Foreigner segregation. Americans did like separate but equal back in the day, but yeah, it was <laughs>
0: very, very strange. <laughs> Mostly like yourself earlier, Chris Connett, explains to the Americans of bulldog putting diesel earlier tonight. That no one's been able to do it before. Connett, excellent on the mic as always. Puts over how the bulldog is going to be the next champion. That he's taking the belt back to England. So people here do not deserve it. I say he's excellent on the mic as always. This is obviously pre-Angry... Middle East man, Connick. <laughs> yeah, pre-angry yeah, pre races.
1: Yeah, I loved his promo. <clears throat> I loved how he said that he's done what no other man has been able to do, which has been Diesel, which is actually it's definitely true yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. uh, people who watch Raw in the UK because yeah. Diesel's never Diesel's lost never, a match yeah. in the UK. There was this little bit at the end where he was like, Diesel, you finally had to put your title up, even if you're in line to get your brains kicked in. I was like, it's as if he's making out that Diesel's been forced to defend yeah. the title and he doesn't want to, which I thought was was really, really good. He says really simply, he says, Bulldog, just do what you, you did tonight and, yeah. and you'll beat him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's spot that's on. good, yeah. So, um, and he said he's going to take the world championship to England, yes. which still has not happened 20 <laughs> years
0: later. Very, very sad about that. But could come to Scotland.
1: Yeah, well, very, very soon. Keep, let's keep an eye on that very, very soon.
0: BillDog says he beat Bret Hart for the IC title in front of 80,000 people in Wembley back in 1992. It's been Diesel tonight. He says he's hungry. and He's about to chew on. In that 50 below hellhole known as Winnipeg, he is winning the title.
1: It's very, very strange, but actually kind of worked for me. I kind of find it believable. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think that he was a credible challenger before this specific (laughs) Raw. It didn't feel like he was last week. But see, in winning the match and then also this promo... I kind of thought, yeah, he came out okay.
0: I thought he certainly deserved a run. Mm -hmm. Bulldog. yeah. Yeah. So we see King Mabel appear with Sir Moe. It states that Bulldog accomplished the impossible. And that Bulldog is his homie. (laughs) Mabel also accomplished the impossible by putting Undertaker's shoulders to the mat. And that in Winnipeg, he's going to bury Undertaker under a mountain of snow.
1: Very interesting. Because Undertaker could just wait till it melts. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting end to the night. Again, much like Nitro and much like a lot of these shows, it ends on a promo segment mm, as opposed yeah. to a match, which is a sort of ongoing
0: thing that we have at this time. But yeah, what did you think of Raw as a whole? The opening match, but <laughs> the first of two matches was excellent, I thought, thought it was really good. Just a bit, there's a bit at the end here, so i forgot to mention Vince and kind of talking about next week's cage match. Oh yeah, 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 of course. If of your it, if your his own cage. And then Vince says, a smaller one, <laughs> but a shark cage for a shark. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> Interesting. It okay? Yeah, first match, outstanding. Second match, I mean, it did its job, you know. It was just a lower mid-card match between two guys, so nothing to do at this time. What did you think was the better show this week? Because although Nitro had more stuff going on, I thought, I'd say Raw is the better show, just. Yeah,
1: I think that because of the six-man and then because of the storylines that continued later on in the night, and a good sort of first-timers in Skip and Fatu match, I actually think I did like Raw better than Nitro. I really am seeing the issue with it being pre-taped now. Mm -hmm. They should never, as I said earlier, they should never be doing four recordings in one night. I just absolutely hate it. I might even go so far as to say that that six-man tag is the best match I've seen across both companies since we started this show. I just really, really liked it. There was great promo skill work from a lot of the wrestlers on the card. And it sort of proved that, like, see when WWF are backed into a corner, i.e. a really good show is gone up against them, and low ratings as well. Yeah. They sort of can. know how to come out with They're it. they off, like, yeah. They've done it a lot recently, going up against AEW. Mm-hmm. And obviously the show dropped off a bit afterwards with all the shenanigans at the rest of the show. But generally, yeah, I really thought that this was the better of the two shows. I was massively disappointed by the two matches. I actually went back and Googled the results of the Raw. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure I had it right and there wasn't somehow a match being cut or something that I didn't see. But yeah, only two matches, which was very, very strange. But yeah, overall, two thumbs up to Monday Night Raw. They won it this week for me.
0: And you mentioned ratings there, Chris. Do you have the ratings for this week?
1: Yes, and I'd like to ask you, first of all, who do you think came out on top? I would say Raw. Okay, so last week it was a dead heat. Yes. 2.6 each. And this week two more level playing fields 2.6 each once again so it's interesting something's got to give and I will tell you something will give next week on this podcast when I will tell you one of the shows will do better than the other
0: wow so yes on that note next time we'll be covering the Raw and Nitro on the 16th of October 1995 I have been Nathan Fisher alongside me has been Chris Murray Subscribe to Super Extra Retweet Extra and the main Eat Sleep Super X Retweet podcast feed on Super Extra Extra. We have many other extra shows such as Monday Night Rewind that you've been listening to, Raw Report, Smackdown Reviews, everything else. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Super Extra Retweet. And we will see you next time on the Monday Night Rewind.